On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be bringing in Nick Fairbanks on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. Today, we are going to discuss what Jake Ottinger's extension for the Dallas Stars means for Spencer Knight when his contract is up for a renewal. We're also going to discuss Atlantic Division over-unders, and we are going to also discuss a new documentary that's going to come out. We're going to discuss that next on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday, September 2nd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden will be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered with all props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So two... It's two cents... Two ways of good news uh, here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast is that, number one, it's a Fairbanks Friday. And number two, it's September, which means hockey is one step closer. And let me just go right in and bring in my guest today on today's show, a Fairbanks Friday. Nick, welcome back to the show and happy September to you. Happy September to you as well. Uh, I think that's the bigger news that we're going to have Panthers hockey in a little over three weeks. So excited to get reengaged and looking forward to what this team can bring us this season. Yeah, and, and definitely, and definitely, as we've talked about this off season about what this team is going to look like now, it's gonna we're really going to see just in a few weeks now putting putting it all together on the ice. You know. Lots of predictions have been going around. Lots of where teams are going to be finishing and all. And we're going to save that actually for segment number two, really going on the betting odds of it. But first, let's start with the signing that happened in the NHL um, on Thursday, on September 1st. And it was uh, Jake Ottinger, a former first-round pick for the Dallas Stars. He inks in a three-by-four contract with the Dallas Stars. and th- this deal for Ottinger, the way I, the, a lot of Panther fans, and this has been a little bit of a topic of conversation of what Spencer Knight's contract is going to look like once he gets out of his ELC. Uh, and with this signing of Jake Ottinger at an AAV of four, and then him being the main starter this year, um, of course, there was Braden Holtby there in the mix, there was Ben Bishop um there as well and 
now with him being the main star and having an epic game seven for the Dallas Stars, I, I, I stayed up all the way to the end of that one, like 60 plus saves and still in a losing effort. But this gives me a lot of confidence for the Panthers that it's not going to be when Spencer Knight does get his bridge deal, that it's not something that's going to really be a big anchor on the team as far as the goalie department as a whole. Well, no, we, unfortunately we have that anchor already in uh, Sergei Bobrovsky making $10 million, but you know, uh, he came to play last season and uh, he definitely proved his contract worth in my opinion. Um, you know, I'll probably be one of the only ones with that, but you know, speaking of Spencer Knight, um, it's going to be hard to imagine him getting more or at least the same as um, Jake Ottinger, just because number one, I don't think he's had the experience or he's been through the gauntlet like Ottinger has. Ottinger's uh, had a stellar uh, start to his career. And as you said, you know, he was one of the bright points, um, you know, for the Dallas Stars this last season, really carried the team um, and, you know, pushed them through to the playoffs. So um, now Knight came in and kind of, you know, tried to settle uh, the goaltending between Sergei Bobrovsky and the former goaltender. Um, I'm missing his name at this point. Um, he went to Seattle. Drigger. Drigger. Chris Drigger, unfortunately, will not be playing most of the season. I uh, hope he gets better. But, you know, he did come in. Uh, he did play a couple of playoff games and he actually solidified the goaltending. But unfortunately, it wasn't a losing effort, um, you know, to the previous year of the playoffs, but, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what kind of Spencer we get this year and we'll see if he's going to be worth that, uh, you know, that uh, Jake Ottinger contract of three by four. I honestly estimate he'll probably get a bridge deal of maybe two years at maybe two and a half, maybe 3 million a year. Yeah. And I decided to look a little bit of what the, at, at least I based it off of goalies who finished near the top of the Vesna or Vesna voting as far as like experience and who they sat behind. And let's, let's start with the winner of the Vesna trophy winner in Igor Sisterkin. Just, um, and he had to sit behind Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, I mean, talk, if you're talking about a, a department that's really great in goal in goalie and that has been for the last few years and even currently because the Rangers did have a goalie playing in the world juniors Dylan Garant um so he was the starter for team Canada who won a gold medal so rich rich in goal for uh the New York Rangers but Igor Sisterkin he he had a record-breaking uh AAV for a goalie coming out of their ELC and had to sit behind uh Henrik Lundqvist I mean, Jacob Markstrom, even before he was a reclamation project before when he was originally traded from the Panthers to the Canucks, sat behind one of the greatest American goalies ever in Ryan Miller as well. And Vasilevsky played behind a goalie that made it to the Stanley Cup final just two years prior. He he got paid a little after he became the main starter, but his uh, his bridge deal was at three point five. So, and we're not mm-hmm. and. And this isn't the this isn't a year where we're expecting expecting Spencer Knight to play forty one um, more than forty one uh, games in the season. So three point five when we see Vasilevsky guy get got paid after. Okay, now we can lower the AAVs. Think think of like where we can predict uh, of where it will be. UC Soros before he got his big deal, his was at a one point five, and he sat behind Pecorine, who got a mm-hmm. lifetime. Of, of who was who spent his whole hockey career in Nashville got to a Stanley Cup final as well and then the 
and uh, the the last one I'm going to mention here um, is uh, Thatcher Damko um, playing behind Jacob Markstrom made 1.5 before he eventually got his deal. So now we're seeing more of a ballpark of where it would be. Uh, it would be for Spencer. So the and of course. <laughs> It sucks that we're talking about this in the cap world because we want players to get their money. We we want yes. we want everyone to get the bag, but as but also, here's another thing that we haven't really gone in depth about um, just yet. Bill Daly w- spoke about last week uh, on on the interna- on one of the international uh, media tours for the NHL is that he's expecting a significant rise in the cap in two seasons. Didn't give a number, but. <laughs> I don't know necessarily what significant rise means. It's going to be 82.5. It's going to be somewhere on, around 90 because we're also about to see a record-breaking contract in the NHL probably before training camp or even next season with Nathan McKinnon. Probably mm-hmm. he's going to make around $12 million a, a, a year, one of the best contracts in the NHL right now. So, you know, the, there, there's a fine line that some teams need to, to walk as well before – the cap before there's an official announcement of where the cap is going to be. 100%. But the thing is, is that you don't want to overpay somebody that hasn't really proved anything. Um, you know, if anybody, you know, has listened to Frank Rikus or uh, Josh Lick that, you know, you, you can't pay or yeah, you can't pay based on what you think the player is going to be. You got to pay out what he's been able to prove. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, you mentioned Jacob Markstrom and his time here at Florida you know, he was dubbed the alien just because of the spectacular saves and the way he moved in the crease, just couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, to his, you know, uh, unfortunate um, expense, uh, just didn't really have the coaching here to really develop him. It took him to go to, uh, you know, Vancouver, where he got to sit and actually play, um, you know, with some of the greats. And then on top of that, you know, really took time to develop him. Um, where Spencer Knight comes into this equation is he came in as the number one consensus goalie in that draft, and he wasn't taken until 13th, and that's never really left. Um, he's always been like this – I don't know how to put it. Like they, they say that he's the next great goalie, but the thing is Florida has yet to see that for him to take over the reins, and understandably they have Sergei Bobrovsky there you know, with a $10 million contract, so that's really anchoring them down, but at the same time, I don't think Florida would have a problem if, you know, Knight came in and took the starting job, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. It would prove to them that they do have the goalie of the future and that, you know, when it comes to a bridge deal, that they don't mind giving him the money that he deserves. So um, that's kind of why I'm kind of hesitant to really want to give him that $4 million deal that Jake Ottinger got. But, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe in the 3 to 3.5 or maybe $2.5 million range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it- and again, we can't we can't necessarily predict what uh, the goalies are going to look like uh, this season because one season you could be be at the top, one season you could just you could just your your game could just go in a different direction. And mm-hmm. you know, it, I I think I kind of I kind of started thinking about more and more about how about matching contract terms as well. If they were to give him a three year uh, deal instead of a, of a instead of a two that deal would expire at the very same time that Bob's contract would. That's assuming you can't trade him. That's assuming that. So mm-hmm. let's say he becomes a level of Vasilevsky. Then 
paying paying at a level of Vasilevsky money. This is I'm not saying that Spencer Knight will be that, but it clears so much more room that if if he ends if that if he ends up getting to where his ceiling can be, then you you have a whole reset and net, and just looking at Barkov and Kachuk's deal matching as well. So there's all there's there's that consistent flexibility that that Bill Zito is trying to make within this organization. I mean, we 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 see it even with with even though Stan Bowman's not there anymore, we see mm-hmm. it with Taze and Kane's contract. They they expire at the same time and they're going into this rebuild. So now they have stuff freed up so that they can they can build it back from the ground up too. Correct. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see just because, you know, we know that we're in this cap locked uh, roster this season just because of the buyout situation uh, of a notorious player that used to play for the Florida Panthers. I'll just leave it at that. Um, And then on top of that, you know, other contracts that were unfortunately signed that, you know, had to be either dealt away or there was money that had to be eaten. So, again, this is the season that Spencer needs to prove himself that he is going to be the next guy. And he needs to start taking games from Bobrovsky um, because who knows, maybe Bob doesn't have the greatest start to the season. And they start leaning on Knight to be, you know, who he's supposed to be or who we think he's going to be. And, uh, you know, if anything, that might be good news for Florida Panthers fans. Absolutely. Um, that, that, that's the, that's the hope for, for, for them as well. Um, but we're going to, we're, we're going to end some of the goalie talk here and we're going to actually talk about more about over unders because Bet Online has released their over unders for the, all of the teams in the NHL, but we're going to take an Atlantic Division focus on these over unders, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about whether we we're gonna take the over or under of each Atlantic Division team. But first, we're gonna tell you all about Bet Online, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week game. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing this Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, it's a Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. And Nick, I think this is going to be a very fun exercise that you and I are going to uh, have right here. So, Bet Online released their over unders for uh, the season um, for at least point totals. We talked a little bit about last week about bet online having the panthers as the betting favorites to win the eastern conference which i was a little shocked seeing and you know but you love to see it regardless regardless of we whether we disagree with it or not but let let's talk a little bit about point totals uh for the panthers um and even the rest of the division so bet online released them and these are and let's go one by one um first um no from bottom to top so, bo- the bottom, Montreal over under is set at seventy point five. A little bit of uh, to for, for those who aren't looking up on your phones and seeing the standings uh, from last year. Montreal finished with fifty five points. Um, 
Montreal just had a disastrous start, fired Dominique Ducharme. Martin St. Louis brought them a, a jolt of energy um, into that franchise, got the number one overall pick. If you actually want to listen to my episode with Scott Matla earlier this week on Locked on, Can- um, Locked on Florida Panthers and Locked on Canadians, that was the Tuesday episode this week. So you'll get a full preview of that. Um, but they have it at 70.5. And one thing that these over-unders have in common is uh, as far as the rest of the league is there's not as much of a separation as much as what actually manifested last season. But for Montreal, this would be around a 15 or 16 point difference, Nick, in, in what they finished last season. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge jump, but I do not think that the Montreal Canadiens are going to get off to the start that they had. I think they're, I don't think they're going to be a doormat in the, in the, in the Atlantic or in the East, but I'm still going to say under, but not by much around maybe like 69, 70 points around there for, for Montreal still finishing last in the, in the, uh, in the division uh, rebuilding but I'm going to have them slightly under, but still a a year of growth for the Habs. So when you talk about where they were last season, how they finished last season at 55 points, they had Martin St. Louis come in and kind of do some things. And now you come into this season, the betting odds are giving them an extra eight games if you want to average it out uh, better. Um, I personally don't see it. Um, I understand that, you know, bringing him in gave him a jolt of energy, but I think that only lasts so long. Um, and I do think that their first overall pick will bring them some more energy, but you know, uh, another tale, a cautionary tale I would give is look at the Detroit Red Wings last season. They had a fan, uh, magnificent start with, uh, their rookies, uh, Raymond and, um, man, who's that big defenseman? I am just dropping names this Cider. Show right now. Cider. Cider. Uh, I'm going to get killed later, uh, by the wife. So, um, <laughs> I, I don't want people to think that the first overall pick is just going to come in and change everything for a team. It's not Sidney Crosby. He's not an Alex Ovechkin or anything like that. Um, but I honestly would probably give him probably four games over. So I'm going to have to go under on the 70.5 and probably give him maybe close to 63 or 61. Okay. Next one is Buffalo. Owen Power is going to have a, a season under under their belt. They – they gave a contract extension to Ukapeka Lukanen, um, but Craig Anderson is likely going to be their starting goalie for most of the season. Former Florida Panther, uh, Craig Anderson. This it, it, they gave a an extension to Tage Thompson, who had a career season, but a big risk with that contract after one yep. good season at around seven seven point um, one million, I believe it was. Uh, but looks like that. They might they might have won the Jack Eichel trade. Might have. I know it's early to tell, but the pieces that they got back while Vegas is in cap hell still after everything. Whew, um <laughs> their their over-under is set at 77.5. Um I still think it's I think it's gonna be a year of improvement as well for Buffalo. But I don't think it, I don't think it's going to be at seventy seven point five. I'm going to say maybe slightly under at maybe seventy five. Exactly how they finished last season. I actually have them going over. 
Um, I think the fact that they had the addition of the players from the Eichel trade, they played so much better uh, since he was traded and those pieces that were brought in really started to kind of create an identity for them. Uh, I felt that they actually felt like a hockey team for once since Eichel was drafted, to be honest with you. Um, So for that, the fact that they actually are starting to move now and they actually look like a hockey team, I actually have them over 77.5. Okay. Next one will be the Red Wings. Um, They finished last year with 74 points. We talked about how they got off to a hot hot start last year, uh, but then uh, fell off. I think that's going to balance out more um, this upcoming year because uh, Vili Husso came into the mix. They traded his UFA rights um, from St. Louis, and really – Billy Huso would have been still with the St. Louis Blues had they not had a contract commitment to Jordan Bennington. So just a just a it, just a product of of a of a big uh, contract on a team. So you know it, it might be a little better. It might be a little better over there, over there in Detroit as far as the goaltending. And of course, Al- Alex Ndelkovich is a is a Calder Trophy winner. But of course, the defense is um, is a uh, you know they 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 signed Ben Sherratt from the from the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, we, we have our, we, we've seen a half a season of Ben Schrott and of course with a young team, we, we think that he could be a good mentor, uh, for, for the, for the Detroit Red Wings, of course, Cider and Raymond are going to get another year under their belt. Dylan Larkin, um, he's gonna, he's up for, for a contract as a, as of next season, they're over under is set at 84.5. Oh, they also got David Perron and, um, that guy from Andrew Cott from the Rangers. That's another one that they got. Their um, their over under is set at eighty four point five. Um, I think I'm gonna go slightly over, but still a, a team that is still year a year growing, and they're they of course they have a new coach in the mix as well. Um, so it's gonna take a little bit of growing for this team, but I don't think they're I don't think we're gonna see too many uh, stretches like we did last last season because towards yeah. the tail end of last season they just they just they just went on a big losing skid uh towards the tail end of last season that it's just all, all their all their fire that they had in the beginning just faded 100% and um you know i think with another year under their belt with cider and raymond and then bringing in these other veteran pieces uh yeiserman plan is in full effect they're only in year 3 and as he said you know when they asked you know where the progress of the team is we're still in year three. Uh, so not really giving too much away there, but he, he did solidify the goaltending. Uh, he did address the forwards as far as the penalty kill and the power play, because both of them were abysmal last year. Um, and on top of that, you have some young guys coming in on the defense that are humongous, um, which I'm not looking forward to playing in the future, to be honest with you. So um, with that being said, I do have Detroit over the 84.5, but like you, I have it slightly. Um, I actually have them in the 86, 87 point range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Simon Envidson is, is one that uh, came over. I uh, Sebastian Coza is likely going to start the year off in the, in the AHL, but even there, even in my, in my recording with locked on Red Wings that um, th- we spoke about how fun Grand Rapids is going to be for Detroit as well of the players that they're going to bring up and down from there as well. Um, next one's Ottawa. Uh, they're, they're over under is set at 86.5. We've talked about their, 
their offseason. Of course, Claude Giroux is part of the mix. Alex Debrinkit, uh, their two-time 40-goal scorer. Cam Talbot um, is there as well, who was a a one B to Mark Andre Fleury. Now that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a more balanced goalie tandem in Ottawa after they shipped off Matt Murray to uh, Toronto. Uh, you know, Ottawa is a very uh, Ottawa is ha, has gotten a lot of attention uh, this offseason, just like Calgary in the Western Conference. Uh, there, I think they're gonna be a little better. Um, I think they're going to be hover around like maybe like 92 points. So I'm going to say over, but so I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to go with the over for Ottawa. So I know there was a show that you and I did. I think it was either during the playoffs or just before the playoffs. And, you know, we talked about what Ottawa was doing and that they were maybe just a few pieces away from, you know, stepping into the, you know, the Atlantic division to, you know, sneak a um, playoff spot. You know, they had Claude Giroux, as you said, they had Debrinket. They were able to change their goaltending up and get uh, Cam Talbot. Um, you know, they made some other additions. I hate to say this, but uh, I'm going to reverse my trend. Um, I do think that they are maybe a few pieces, but those pieces are on the blue line. And I think that's really what's going to cost them. So I'm actually going to have them actually lower than their 86.5. Uh, projection. I actually think Detroit is going to finish higher than them because I think they'll be more consistent. Mm -hmm. And DJ Smith did talk about that. Their first line is likely going to be Shabbat and Artem Zub. Um, So something I saw today uh, from via locked on senators. So that's going to be a thing that we're, we're going to see as far as the top line for, for them. Uh, I think you and I are going (laughs) to agree agree on this next one. Um, Boston. 95.5. 95.5. Uh, Listen, bringing in Krejci and Bergeron back, I said that if they can finish around 500 in the first two months, they could at least stay afloat. But eventually a run's got to end somehow, right? Eventually. 95.5. Uh, I'm going to take the under for Boston, but I still wouldn't be surprised. Let's not be surprised if they do hit the over. So this, if you are betting... This is one that I would stay away from um, if you're yes. actually betting one. But I'm gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take the under for for the Boston Bruins. I do. I am too. Um, you know, I speak on it every show when it's bringing up this team. Is that you know when are they gonna die? When are they just gonna let other teams in the division kind of just take over? Just can we let the Bergeron show go? Um, now they brought Krejci back, and you know who's gonna be their starting goaltender? They still have you know somewhat good defense, I guess, but. They play a certain way that I think really uh, is effective towards other teams. Um, Florida didn't seem like they had a huge problem with them. I mean, I went to the Boston game. It just, I'll be honest, they already clinched their playoff spot. It seems like they just were there to play a game and get out. Um, but with that being said, I honestly don't think this is going to be the same Boston team as we've seen in recent years. I am also agreeing with you that uh, I'm not buying the 95.5. I think they're going to be lower than that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not buying on it neither. We we're starting to go a little long on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers <laughs> podcast. We're gonna discuss the rest of the Atlantic Division, uh, in the in the third and final segment here. But first, we're gonna tell you all. We're gonna we have a special message from the High National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? 
you end up driving below the speed limit, it's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You, not only do you put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. You feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, Nick, let's continue uh, the, the over-unders for the Atlantic Division. Uh, starting to go a little longer than anticipated, but hey, you and I can talk about this um, this for hours, even off recording. But number number three um, of the over-unders from Bet Online, the Tampa Bay Lightning at 103.5. Um, they finished last year at 110 in a season that they, that, you know, when you win the when you win the Stanley Cup two years in a row, you're not you're not on that you're not sprinting towards the finish. You're you're pacing yourselves throughout the throughout the throughout the season, and and the fact that Tampa Bay did that and still finished with 110 points, I gotta hit the over for for Tampa Bay. Maybe around like 107 again, um, of in that in that range. Um, but not at one one ten. I'm I'm gonna take the over for Tampa Bay, um, at one hundred three point five because they're they're bringing they they were barely busy during the off season. Really, most of the moves that they made was uh, re-signing some of the players who were gonna be uh, free agents next year. So that was really the work that Tampa Bay um, Bay did uh, this off season. For sure. I mean, yeah, they, did they lose a piece or two? I mean, I think they were losing a piece or two every single year that they were going to the cup, whether they had to make a trade for another player uh, that was going to you know, get them over the top or maybe it was just a contract situation. So, um, you know, I do think that um, them losing in the Stanley Cup final will light a fire under them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think they are OK with the rest that they're going to be able to get. And yeah, I am buying the over on this. I, you know, like you, I'm going to take at like 107 or 108 points. Um, and I think with that, and I know this might break some hearts, I think they finished second in the division. Mm. T- t- tough to hear that one uh, for, for sure. Um, next one is the Florida Panthers 105.5 after finishing with 122 last season. So we're talking. 16 points, which means eight wins, uh, an eight win difference for the Panthers, 58 wins last year. Um, so 105.5, getting Matthew Kachuk in the mix, trading away a piece like Mackenzie Weger along the way. They're a playoff team on paper, mm-hmm. but you know, we're, we're Panther fans, but I don't want to be a blind Panther fan here. I'm going to take the under for the Panthers um, and take them maybe around like 102, 104 points, but still be in a position uh, to, to make the playoffs. So I think there's two things that come down to this. And my decision is number one, um, how is the goaltending going to hold up or how is Sergei Bobrowski going to hold up during the season? And secondly, um, how is the defense going to hold up because they lost a big piece in Uyghur. Um I know that I've had my fair share of opinions about the guy and everything, but, um, you know, to say that he wasn't a huge piece on the, on the back end, he was, and I think they'll miss him for it. Um, so those are the two things that concern me going into the season. I know this team will score, but you know, how many times are they going to have to come back from like three, one, four, one, five, one, 
to come back and win. As exciting as that was, it was very, um, how should I say, it, it was not fun hockey to watch at times. And you don't win playoff hockey that way. So um, with that being said, I actually don't think Florida makes 100 points. I think they're going to finish in the 96 and 98 point range, and they will finish third in the division. Wow. What? So, <laughs> so 122 to 90 to 98 points. So that we're talking 24 points. So we're talking 12 wins and you take away those three goal comebacks because uh-huh. it, on the top of my head, I think there was five of, of them yep. this season. You, they don't complete any of those. And that's 10 points just in that alone. Correct. Versus, versus all the games that they would just, outscore everyone in the first period and then it'd be over by the time like the the 30 minute mark of the game happens we might not see a lot of that this 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 season um and it's going to be a it's going to be a year of adjustments for this team but it's it's okay it it, it, it's perfectly okay for this for this team because it's we're we're thinking about the long-term big picture aspect of correct correct last one is toronto 107.5 and I, I just, I, I just can't help but continue to think that Toronto is going to be this year's version of Florida about sprinting. I don't know what it. I don't. I don't know why, but this doesn't is this isn't reflective on postseason. What's going to be, what's going to be postseason success? We know so, what it's going to be. Yeah. So, one hundred seven point five, but I'm going to take the over for. Uh, for the Maple Leafs. I think they're going to finish like 112, uh, 114 range. Um, so I, I think, I think they're going to f- finish there. Um, but can, can Matt Murray stay healthy? That's really the number one thing for, for, for the, the, the Leafs right now. And we saw how, and we're familiar with uh, Sam Sonoff from the, from the, from this most recent playoffs. It, I, I, Really, really, goaltending for the Capitals was how they were able to squeeze in some of those goals for, against uh, Samsonov, and even with a bad power play for the Panthers. So they were lucky that Samsonov was in net. It's just if they can get that under control, they're they're division champions. Yeah, and you know I, I do think this is the time for Toronto to take over the division. Um, you have you know the Tampa Bay team that's coming off of two cup wins and then finally losing the Stanley Cup final. So. Um, they're getting older. You have to wonder about their durability going forward. Uh, Florida just had a flash in the pan uh, possible season. Um, although they're still going to be good going forward, um, they don't have what I like to call the elite offensive game that the uh, Leafs have with Matthews and Marner, um, you know, and their makeup that they have there. Um, I do think that the Leafs are going to win the division. Um, but I do think that they're going to be in the 116 to 120 point range. I think they'll be up there, as you said, like kind of like the sprint, but it's not going to matter because they're still going to blow in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I love you, Dom and Jay Fresh. I love you guys. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Nick. <laughs> but every day. Yeah. But um, so go going from a, Going from the topic of talking about um over unders uh with the with the Panthers and the rest of the Atlantic Division, um we're we're gonna see a little bit of how that's gonna look like once 
really, we're going to be able to judge it really in the first 10 games. And, you know, can't, can't wait. We are, as of this recording, September 1st, Gus Forsling days away from opening night against us. Bobby Orsling. I love Bobby it. Orsling. So, but before we wrap up the show, um, I do want to talk about uh, something that we, something we haven't mentioned on the show yet. And it's uh, something really cool that Anthony Duclair uh, will be involved with, with the HDA, the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And the, the, the cast of the, of the of the doc, the documentary series they're partner the hda is partnering up with uh drake uh and lebron james uh produced by them and director Hugh, hubert davis who's the first black canadian uh director to be nominated for an oscar to create a documentary called black ice which is the experience of black hockey players and um in in the sport of hockey and the the other characters in the documentary include Akimalu, who was at the center of a hazing incident in the OHL. Um, uh-huh. Matt Dumba of the Minnesota Wild, Duke um, Nazem Kadri, PK Subban, who's a big personality, um, who's gonna who's gonna probably be a full time role as a studio analyst because he's already. <laughs> He's already starting to go in that direction. Uh, Sarah Nurse, uh, related to Darnell Nurse, Sarah Tinker, and Wayne Simmons, and and there is all just the little bits that that we've seen from each of these individual players. I mean, Anthony Duclair bouncing from team to team. The the comments that John, someone like John Tortorella, has made towards Duke. Wayne Simmons about a fan actually throwing a banana on the ice towards his uh, direction. And there's something that you said prior to recording um, that I want to mention on the show is that I, 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 what I, what I want is that for them to what, what, excuse me, what you said, what you wanted was about them showing being unfiltered about it too so that we know the truth, the real truth about what they go through. Yeah. And the, the point of that is, is that, you know, when, when you're reading the, you know, the kind of introduction the synopsis of the film, the documentary that's coming out, um, you know, the director, Hubert Davis, you know, they say he, you know, corrects the record. Well, I think for much of hockey history, you know, Black hockey players, you know, they've come and gone, but we haven't really heard a lot about their stories or, you know, their upbringing or, you know, their rise into different levels of hockey. Um, You know, there has been an element of racism. There's been other things there as well. Um, But I think it's important to hear exactly what has gone on, what's been said and how they deal with it on a day-to-day basis uh, just because, as you said, when we were talking about this, that, you know, being vulnerable and exposing these type of things can only make th- people more aware of what's going on in the real world and in, you know, the sport that we love. Um, I know that, you know, Hockey Canada right now is doing a lot of damage control right now. And unfortunately, they're not doing a good job of it because, you know, there's still a lot of questions being asked about what happened in some of their teams in the early 2000s. And, 
you know, the only way that you're going to be able to get through and really show that you are changing is to come clear and show exactly what happened. Um, so that's what I'm asking of this film. And that's what I want out of this film is unfiltered. Show us exactly what has happened, what was said, uh, show us game tape, or even if you guys had speakers in the, uh, in the crowd, I want to hear it. It needs to be heard. And us as hockey fans need to understand and embrace that because you know what, if we don't know about it, or if we don't hear about it, as you said, how are we going to change? Mm-hmm. And not only that, not only audio, but maybe even text messages that they might have received too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and saying, here, here's a text message that I received from X person. Or that, DMs. DMs yeah. and any social media, give it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, N- Nazem Kadri went through it just recently um, in the playoff series against the St. Louis Blues. So definitely. Um, and the Toronto, uh, the Toronto International Film Festival will be held um, from September 8th to 18th. So we're going to this year. So we're going to that's going to be around the ballpark that we're going to know about the debut of of the of this film called Black Ice, directed by Hubert Davis and produced by LeBron James and Drake. So that so definitely uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know whether the platforms are they'll be streamed on. But once we know once I know all that information, I'll definitely. definitely uh promote it because this is something that definitely we need a little bit uh more uh perspective on but nick i want to thank you once again for joining me on the friday edition of the lockdown florida panthers as always uh tell everybody where they can find you uh no problem and armando thanks for having me on and thanks for having me uh talk about uh black ice that's coming out um it's important for everybody and it's important for the league, especially to get this out there. So um, everybody can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia zero and uh, maybe some future things to come. We'll see, but thank you again for having me. We'll see. And I'm looking forward to it. Thank you again, Nick. Thank you. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Ronan and Locked On NHL, where they'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, don't forget to check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. Local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Star Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day.